Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Stay in the Know About HER2 Low, Improving Breast Cancer Outcomes with Emerging Antibody Drug Conjugates. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by educational grants from AstraZeneca and Daiichi Sankyo Incorporated. Hello, I'm Dr. Hope Rugo, a breast medical oncologist and director of breast oncology and clinical trials education at the University of California, San Francisco's Comprehensive Cancer Center. In this first session, we'll explore the current treatment landscape for patients with HER2-low advanced breast cancer. Current treatment guidelines classify HER2-positive disease, but we're really just developing guidelines to classify HER2-low disease. These patients have her 2 one plus or two plus disease without ish amplification by immunohistochemistry. Her two low status is most frequently seen in hormone receptor positive disease, which represents the most frequent subset of breast cancer worldwide. After endocrine and targeted agent resistance develops, treatment options for HR positive disease include sequential chemotherapy with shorter durations of response and increasing toxicity. Patients with hormone receptor positive disease could also receive the antibody drug conjugate directed against trope 2, sasetizumab govitecan, if they have received at least two lines of prior chemotherapy in the metastatic setting. For triple negative breast cancer, perhaps one-third of patients have HER2-low disease, and here treatment options are even more limited as only a subset of patients qualify for immunotherapy, and we have had just one highly effective antibody drug conjugate, sasetizumab govitecan, in this setting. Both of these subsets are significant areas of unmet need where we need effective therapy without cumulative dose-limiting toxicities such as neuropathy. We looked actually at earlier generations of HER2-targeted therapies in patients who had so-called HER2-low disease, although the term wasn't coined. There was a study some time ago looking at trastuzumab amtansine, or TDM1, which did not show benefit in the HER2-negative population, even in those with low expression. And then there was a large adjuvant trial that looked at trastuzumab in patients with HER2-low disease and, again, showed no benefit. Now we have a drug, trastuzumab deruxtecan, that shows significant progression-free and overall survival benefit in HER2-low breast cancer and has changed our treatment guidelines in terms of therapeutic options for patients with HER2-low disease. Trastuzumab deruxtecan became the first FDA-approved HER2-targeted therapy for patients with HER2-low breast cancer, defining a new category of breast cancer. In the next session, we'll talk about the importance of accurately assessing patients' HER2 status using immunohistochemistry or in-situ hybridization, and we'll also talk about differences in HER2 status in primary and recurrent tumors focusing on HER2-low disease. Initial testing for HER2 status uses immunohistochemistry, traditionally, and by ASCO-CAP guidelines. This combination guideline says that we should be using immunohistochemistry to define HER2-positive disease as IHC3+. In patients who are 2-plus by IHC, we do in-situ hybridization assays to ensure that there is not HER2 gene amplification. Now we know that we can identify patients who have an IHC score of 1-plus or 2-plus with negative-ish assay as HER2-low. 
those patients who represent about 45 to 55% of patients with metastatic breast cancer, and also similar findings have been found in the early stage setting, are now eligible to receive trastuzumab drugstican in the second or greater line setting when patients have already transitioned to chemotherapy. We know that there is a higher percentage of tumors that are hormone receptor positive and HER2 low compared to triple negative and HER2 low. And that difference is about two-thirds of hormone receptor positive disease and about a third of triple negative disease that are also HER2 low. However, there's a big question about how concordant our testing is. So one recent study had 18 pathologists look at actually quite a large number of samples. And what they found was a 26% concordance. That's really low. So we know that we need, as we move forward, to look better at testing methods. There will be data coming out in the not-too-distant future reporting on the concordance between local and central testing from the phase three trial we'll talk about in a moment, Destiny Bresto. Four, and that will be interesting as well. I think what's important for us is that we work closely with our pathologists to define the HER2 status of a patient who might be eligible for a TDXD. One of the interesting questions is which tissue sample to use for testing. And what we found is that there is actually dynamics to HER2 low expression. And expression in some patients can change from early to late stage disease. And I think where we're going to see this the most, although we don't have all the data yet, is in patients who start to lose their estrogen receptor, they may also lose any expression of HER2. And in patients with rapidly progressive basal-like triple negative breast cancer, these tumors usually also will lose whatever IHC they had before. In the next session, let's discuss the latest efficacy for HER2-targeted antibody drug conjugates that are being investigated in pretreated patients with both HER2-low and hormone receptor-positive advanced breast cancer. So let's talk a little bit about the antibody drug conjugates that we currently have for treating patients who have HER2 negative using the traditional definitions, metastatic breast cancer. Trastuzumab deruxtecan is the only antibody drug conjugate that has efficacy data in patients who have centrally confirmed HER2 low status. So Destiny Breast 4 is a unique trial that randomized patients who had metastatic breast cancer and had received at least one and not more than two lines of prior chemotherapy. The primary endpoint was in hormone receptor positive disease, but 58 patients with triple negative disease with centrally confirmed HER2 low disease as well were also included in this trial. Patients who received trastuzumab deruxtecan versus treatment of physician choice, a menu of chemotherapy, enjoyed not only a remarkable improvement in progression-free survival, but also an improvement in overall survival. In an exploratory analysis, the 58 patients who had triple negative but HER2 low disease were also evaluated. DDXD resulted in an impressive improvement in progression-free and overall survival in that subset as well. This is actually really exciting new data. So this represents a new treatment paradigm, and it stimulated the Federal Drug Administration to grant approval for trastuzumab deruxtecan in this setting in HER2 low disease, rightly so because of the remarkable data. Sasetizumab govitecan is approved for heavily pretreated patients with triple negative breast cancer, where it showed improvement in progression-free and overall survival. In Tropics O2, patients were heavily pretreated and had received a median of three prior lines of chemotherapy 
all had received a CDK4-6 inhibitor and at least one endocrine therapy and a taxane. In hormone receptor-positive disease, the TROPICS-02 trial showed an improvement in progression-free survival, although that difference was modest. Two-thirds more patients were free of progression or death at one year who received sasetizumab govotecan versus treatment of physician choice. They reported significant improvement in overall survival with sasetizumab compared to treatment of physician choice in TROPICS-02. So now, in terms of when we're thinking about how to treat patients, we do want to really carefully evaluate for HER2 low status and treat with TDXD. In our next session, we'll discuss the safety profile of these antibody drug conjugates and focus on trastuzumab drextecan. In this section, we're going to discuss proactive measures to optimize safety with antibody drug conjugates. For trastuzumab deruxtecan, the most common reasons for discontinuation or dose holds for trastuzumab deruxtecan is interstitial lung disease. This is the most important toxicity. Interstitial lung disease occurred in Destiny Breast 4 in 12% of patients. So most occurs in the first year. There's been just a handful of events that occurred after the first year. But if a patient has shortness of breath or cough, think I in patients who have ground glass opacities on CT scan, we are to hold drug. I usually treat with steroid, and then I repeat the CT at three weeks. If the ground glass opacities have cleared, I will restart TDXT at the same dose and taper off the steroid. If a patient has repeated grade one ILD, then you should consider dose reducing. Grade two, which is associated with any symptoms, you really need to permanently stop trastuzumab deruxtecan. Although nausea is very common, most of it is grade one to two. Patients could get a little nauseated on day two or three. Then around day 10, 12, patients might get nauseated as well. And I've seen this more in the patients with HER2 low hormone receptor positive disease than in the HER2 positive population. But for the nausea prevention after treatment, olanzapine has been remarkably effective. And then, of course, we use the regular rescue drugs. If patients are still having nausea or diarrhea, dose reduction can also be very effective. So we talked about sasetizumab govotecan in the TROPICS-02 trial in patients with hormone receptor positive breast cancer. The primary toxicity is neutropenia, and about 50% of patients require growth factors, but there's also some GI toxicity with diarrhea more than nausea. Most neutropenic complications in general occur in the first or second cycle of treatment. And because patients get, get neutropenia, if they have diarrhea, they're at risk for complications related to gut bacteria. Hopefully, this information should help you in the monitoring and management of the understood and well-documented toxicities for these two ADCs. And as we move forward, we will talk about how HER2 ADCs will change the treatment landscape for HER2 low advanced breast cancers. In this fifth session, we're going to talk about advancing the future care of patients with previously treated HER2 low advanced breast cancer and how we incorporate antibody drug conjugates into the treatment flow. We know that trastuzumab drextecan has changed the way we think about metastatic breast cancer and think about what treatment options exist for our patients. Right now, the approval is for patients who have HER2 low disease and have received at least one line of chemotherapy and have received prior endocrine therapy. So, in my thinking, these are patients who have endocrine-resistant disease and aren't eligible for further endocrine manipulation. Keep in mind that patients who had prior interstitial lung disease or pneumonitis from any agent were not eligible for any trastuzumab drextecan trial. 
And then, of course, we have other options moving forward. In patients with hormone receptor positive disease, we're going to be exploring how sasetuzumab govotecan fits in here, whether or not it retains efficacy after trastuzumab deruxtecan, and whether or not we can move it up earlier in the treatment sequencing. In triple negative disease, the majority of patients will be HER2 zero. In those patients, of course, sasetuzumab govotecan is the right step after the first line chemotherapy approach. In the hormone receptor positive disease, a third of the patients will be HER2 zero. Then we can potentially use sasetuzumab govotecan based on the NCCN recommendations. And then in the HER2 low patients, we're going to be using TDXD and then testing how sasetuzumab works after TDXD. The other thing that we think about when we're giving these drugs is what the impact is on patient assessment of how they're doing. The global health status quality of life showed a much longer time to deterioration in patients who received TDXD versus treatment of physician choice. The other thing other than safety that we think about when we're giving these drugs is to really understand what the impact is on patient assessment of how they're doing. For sasetuzumab in the Tropics trial that looked at hormone receptor positive disease, we also saw a longer time to deterioration in global health status, quality of life, even in the later line setting with sasetuzumab versus treatment of physician choice. So these are really important measures and tell us that we're not only helping progression-free and overall survival in such a dramatic way, but we also are improving patient-reported outcomes by delaying time to deterioration. So as we look to the future, we need to understand HER2 testing a little bit better, and we need to continue to manage safety and prevent any grade 4 or 5 toxicity. But I think the most important conclusion here is that this has been a remarkable year to have such dramatic improvements in progression-free and overall survival and a well-defined toxicity profile is a huge advance for the majority of our patients with metastatic breast cancer. And sasetizumab gives us yet another option. Thank you so much for your attention. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.